And you can see Daniel's cleaning stuff if you tune in on Twitch at Huddle Up a Football Podcast on Twitch live yeah. Wednesday nights around nine nine thirty. Tune in, you can see this ASMR right here too. Oh boy. Well, we're gonna go ahead and move on. Speaking of cleaning stuff, will you stop with the noises? <laughs> You're listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Each week, Tony Dyer leads the huddle and tackles the hottest topics around the NFL. He's joined by guests from all around the football world, bringing their insights and reactions to the news and noise of the National Football League. Subscribe now to join the huddle. Welcome back to Huddle Up, a football. What? you pour your whiskey out of the bottle and like well whiskey drips down the side do you ever lick the bottle oh my god yes yes i do i do it every time i don't want to like drip into the bottom and creating a stain no drips wasted so i tried to start over because the first take was actually that that big of a disaster do you remember the times no, no it was do not. you remember I the times it. where we had to do this like four or five or six times in a row yeah luckily we haven't gotten over that <laughs> we've gotten over it we've gotten over it welcome back to huddle up a football podcast take two um, you're leaving the first take in just to be clear mm-hmm. we'll find a spot for it you're we'll- gonna have the intro twice it's happening it's gonna yep. be great okay Absolutely. This, this is the unedited show up to this point well between me thinking that there was a potential incident about to occur and daniel <laughs> Zipping up his cleaning bag 15 times in a row. I feel like, I swear to God, you zipped it, unzipped it, zipped it, unzipped it. <laughs> Look at all the zippers on this thing. Oh, shit. How many zippers front, does a bag need? What if they got rid of a purpose? What if they got rid of all those zippers and no, made it one big be bag? A duffel bag. That's not the. Yeah, that's not how this thing works. Don't unzip. Look oh, at this. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. That's fascinating. Yeah. That wouldn't work. Well, Daniel's got his... Tony, just for you, I'm going to zip. Oh, hold on. Oh, my God, oh. Daniel. Oh. Okay. Are you finished? One more zip. <laughs> Daniel has his cleaning bag. The Panthers also had their cleaning bag this week. Let's just get right to it. Baker Mayfield... Released from Carolina and somehow made it all the way to the LA Rams. So what we're going to talk about today is teams that we not necessarily expected to be great uh, because there are some teams that would like, we're not going to talk about the bears. We didn't expect the bears to become a prolific team. There was hope, right? But it wasn't a, a mandated expectation. Um, the Bears are not doing well, but they're a rebuilding franchise, right? And so what, what they're going to do next is what a typical rebuilding team does next. And if they make a misstep, it's not that big of a deal because they're a team in a full-blown rebuild, as they have been, by the way, for as long as I can remember. But anyway, that's not the point. We're going to talk about teams like, like the Rams, teams that we had expectations for. For one reason or another, they've fallen completely flat. Now they're doing things like picking up former first overall pick Baker Mayfield, who's on a one-year deal, set to be a free agent, right after signing Matt Stafford, giving away the farm to acquire him. Uh, you know, those, those situations don't make a lot of sense. I guess I want to start with, let's start with, first of all, the Baker Mayfield news. And that'll lead us into the Rams talk, and then we'll see kind of where things go from there. But knee-jerk reactions, guys, when you saw that the Rams were the team, first of all, when you saw that Baker was cut, was that surprise? And then secondly... Were you as surprised to see that the Rams were the team that claimed them? I don't, I definitely wasn't surprised to see him cut. I mean, that's just kind of the path his career's gone to at this point. Uh, all the buzz the day after was that the 49ers would be interested with Jimmy Garoppolo going down this weekend. And Niners, we end up finding out, didn't even make a waiver claim on him. Uh, <laughs> but the Rams did, and the Rams got him. And once that happened... It was just one of those things. I didn't really think about the Rams uh, just because, I mean, they're not really in it at this point, but it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think 
it's probably the best place for Baker, like probably the best place he could have landed because if there's any coach that's going to get the most out of him, I think it's probably going to be Sean McVay. I think, you know, him being younger, maybe Baker's going to relate a little bit more. Um, Sean McVay's he's going to put Baker in a good, you know, good position to make plays. He, he's done a really good, good job of that throughout his career. So I guess my, my initial reaction was that it makes sense, but as far as what the future holds, I don't know. Uh, obviously, the Rams are in a weird spot. Matt Stafford's out for the season. You know, you bring Baker Mayfield in, you would normally think that's a move to win games, but I don't, I don't know if they're motivated to win. They, Like you said before the show, Tony, they don't really have any draft picks because they traded them all away to the Lions to get Matthew Stafford. So it's an interesting move for sure, but I think for Baker Mayfield, it's the move that makes the most sense. I agree with all that. I mean, I don't really have anything else to add. Um, what a wild year for Baker. <laughs> a crazy, crazy year for Baker. You know, I was surprised. I was very surprised at the landing spot. I think, excuse me, I think that on its face, Matt Stafford is the incumbent, permanent starter, right? But I, I, was, I was shocked. I was a little bit shocked to see him land there. There are other places that I think make more sense because I don't see Baker, uh, given his ego and his attitude, I don't see him, and he doesn't have as much of a choice, right, unless he just decides not to play. That's his only choice at this point is, are you going to show up to play? Um, but he asked to be cut. From what I understand, he asked for this release. They gave it to him, the Panthers. Uh, and... He's going into a role where we're looking at him starting on a not very good offense, a struggling offense, uh, albeit due to injury, for what are we talking about here? Five games, six games? How many games are left? And then, bing, bang, he has to either negotiate a contract to be the backup to Matt Stafford or find another job somewhere else. I mean, maybe he's a fool, but I wouldn't believe that, that whatever's going to happen over the next several weeks of football for the rest of the 2022 season, it's not going to be enough on tape for him to go get a deal to be a starter somewhere. I feel like this is not the best spot for Baker. I would have rather... Now, Corey, you made a point with McVeigh and his age. So before I move on to why I, I disagree with you, I do, ad- do agree that McVeigh's the smartest guy in the room, and he looks and talks and acts a lot like Baker Mayfield, and I think that there could be a connection there. Maybe that's what it takes for Baker to follow. Maybe a guy like Mike Tomlin can't get the most out of Baker Mayfield. So that, that's there. But I really feel like Baker's got to have... I was going to say he's got to have more structure. He's got to have a more... Um, man, look at, look at the structure that Baker had. It was a... What are you doing, Daniel? What the hell are you doing? Trying to get your attention. I'm trying to think of these. The coaching staff in Cleveland before he left was a revolving door that wasn't any different in Carolina. There's been no consistency with him. How can there be development? How can there be growth? Daniel, will you knock it off? You're driving me up the wall. Does that make sense? Am I getting anywhere? Yeah, yeah. I, I can see that. I, I think as for the motivation behind the move, I can see more as... Obviously, there there was potential with Baker Mayfield. He went number one overall. I think they probably recognize that there's talent there. I think they probably recognize that he's not the number one overall talent. Uh, he's not a superstar in this league anymore. But given his history and where we're at at this point, if he meshes with that offense, uh, I mean, if next year Stafford and Mayfield are on the roster, Stafford's a starter no matter what. But I think if he can prove himself, prove that he works there, if they can sign him as a backup to a cheap contract, you, you're looking at possibly having the best backup in the league, assuming he works well in that situation. So I think that's more more of what they're looking at. Um, and we've seen over time that having a really good backup is very important. Uh, Nick Foles took the Eagles to the Super Bowl. Uh, the 49ers right now, we don't know what you know what their answer is going to be, but Jimmy Garoppolo was the backup behind Trey Lance, and he was an absolute stud there for a few weeks. Or not necessarily a stud, but he, he could handle the workload and get the job done. And then we've seen teams like the Colts absolutely shit the bed when they don't have a backup quarterback. So I think it's just, you know, roster building happens 365 days a year, and... Obviously, the Rams don't have a stud at the backup position, but if Baker Mayfield works out, maybe they've got one for the next few years. 
interesting. Yeah, they, I think they've uh, got a good taste of what their backup situation has looked like over the Absolutely. last couple of weeks with Bryce Perkins and John Wolford. And I think it's I think it's more of what Corey just said. It's Matt Stafford's the starter. Um, Sean McVay is not calling it quits yet. And um, if they are going to compile a roster to try and make a run next year and Matt Stafford is still hurt, which we know is pretty often now, um, they need a reliable starter or, you know, if he were to go down. So a good backup. So let's not speculate on whether or not Baker is willing to, because none of us can read the mind of Baker Mayfield. But would you be surprised to see that Baker, because he has to sign a contract this year, would you be surprised to see him sign a backup contract? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll see what happens. That's what's going to happen. That's where he's at. That's where he's at in his career. He, he hasn't proved that he can be a starter, so he's not going to get starter money. It's just not yeah. going to happen. He's got to be only option. It's his only option. Okay. okay. Unless he's going to go be the superstar of the XFL. So, having said that, let's imagine that you guys are onto something and that the Rams have thrown flushed the season down the toilet, which it looks like they have, and they're they're chasing down 2023, rebuilding. What the hell are they going to do? They have no picks in the draft. A second and a third. Do they have a third? A second? You said they had a third. Yeah, a second, a third, and then nothing until the sixth and seventh. They have no picks at all to speak of. And the offensive side of this ball is completely deteriorated. Defensively, they have a few superstars still. I feel like they have to make a major trade. In my mind, I was sitting on the couch wondering what could we get from for Matt Stafford if we can get Matt Stafford healthy can we get anything out out of this deal the more I think about it eh, before the show you guys kind of talked me off that ledge I don't necessarily see Matt Stafford being the guy that gets traded out of the system they just gave the world for him he got hurt with a spinal injury the same season or the season after um, they're not going to recoup their losses there and they paid a lot but then we talked about a guy like Cooper Cup uh, an aging superstar. I guess who they just paid though. Talk me through some of this guys, because they did just pay Cooper cup. He's a piece that you want on your team. He's a absolute game changer when he's on your team. So uh, help me, help me digest this. Who am I even crazy to think their only way out of this is through the trade market? Because at this point I do believe the only way out is through trade. I, I think um, <clears throat> what we have to determine is if the Rams, I guess it's all up to Sean McVay because if Sean McVay decides to call it, you know, call it a career, there was those rumors last year and he, he shut them down temporarily, but he did say, I don't want to coach forever. And it was in the front of his mind. So if he is there, that means they're all in. That means they won't be trading away pieces like Cooper Cup, Matt Stafford. I, I fully think that, like I, I, to my core. But if, if Sean McVay is out of the picture, I, I think anyone's on the table. I think Aaron Donald could even get traded, um, you know, because he's at the twilight of his career, Cooper Cup. They, they would have to go into a rebuild, but it's all up to Sean McVay. If Sean McVay is there... They're going to go for a Super Bowl. You know that. So I think you said they have a second and a third. Yeah, a second and a third. And the second's teams very do, early. The second's very yeah, early. Yeah, it's like a top five pick right now. So I, teams get good value there. So I think they think that if they can get good value there and get a player that can make a huge difference on either side of the ball, primarily on offense because their offense is absolutely horrible, but if they can get a couple of good offensive linemen here in free agency and completely change their team. And I think they think this season was lost due to injury. So the Rams could be in it next year. I mean, you never know what the NFL is going to bring. They, they could be in it and be in the playoffs next year this time. So you're saying I'm putting words in your mouth, but you're saying they very well may do nothing at all. Just ride this out one more time. Correct. Until Sean McVay calls it, I think they're going to be status quo. Okay. I I absolutely agree. Um, they've been a team that'll make moves in free agency if they feel the need. Uh, I think overall they've got the ba the baseline to be successful. I know it didn't really work out even early this year, but 
you know, you've got time to recoup that. You still got the quarterback. You still got the wide receiver. But I think if they were going to make a move, I think the move to make would be Aaron Donald. Um, obviously, he's touted as the best football player in the NFL a lot of times, but he is 31 years old. Um, I could, I could see where maybe from an analytics standpoint, and I don't know analytics, but I think losing him could do a lot less harm than say trading a Matthew Stafford or Cooper cup. I think you could manage that damage more and you could get a first round pick out of it and trade him to a contender like the Bengals or the chiefs. So if, if you really want a trade scenario out of, you know, Stafford cup, and then I, I think, Aaron Donald would probably be the best prospect for that. And that's without looking up his contract situation. I don't know what that is, but um, to me, that would make sense to me. You see a lot of these defensive line guys like Ndamukong Sue, they move around a lot late in their careers and they can still be successful. And right now, Aaron Donald still has that value. So I think if, if they feel like they need to make a big, big move to get some picks or, you know, another weapon or offensive lineman, I think Aaron Donald is probably the guy. That's the direction I can see it happening too. They've, they've got one of the better defenses still. They've lost six games in a row. But the defense is not – I mean, they're middle of the pack in the NFC, and the NFC has been middle of the pack, I guess. Um, but when a team is performing well on one side of the ball, I suppose that's where their depth is. You can move a, move a piece there. Clearly, the offense is the side that's struggling. Um have you watched their defense this year, though? Well, and I'm not saying that it looks, it looks great. Um, Both sides of the ball look terrible in L.A. right now. I don't, I don't disagree with you. Uh, it has looked terrible. Statistically, it looks like there's more meat on the bone on the defense. And, and some of those guys happen to have superstar names. I'm with Corey. I think if they're going to make a trade, uh, it would have to be a guy, a guy like Don, Donald. Uh, I don't know that they do. I think I, I really. I think I lean with you, Daniel. I don't. I don't see um, a major <clears throat> move happening. If it is, don't be surprised if it's uh, Aaron Donald. Like if you asked, um, like took a poll from NFL players, who the best defensive player in the NFL is, I think ninety percent of them would still say Aaron Donald. And I know that goes to your point of that's why you trade him, but I think that goes to my point of that's why you can't trade him. Aaron Donald, I feel like they probably believe that he's untradeable. He's the Matthew Stafford of that defense. Um, plus he's threatening to retire. Like he threatened to retire last year sure. and it came down to the wire. Like no one wants that. That matters. You know, You're they, right. they, they think that he might be a rental for like one year, but still, uh, yeah. I think he, he makes a big of a difference on defense than Matt Stafford does on the offense. Yeah, I agree. Just from, what he can do on the defensive line to control a game. Um, I think he's just, he's too good. He's going to end up retiring a Ram. So we've gone all this way and now I'm back to Daniel. I think we agree. They do nothing. <laughs> they write it out one I, more time. You know what? We, we all could be wrong somehow. I'm telling you that it, the NFL is just crazy enough that like we're, we're shocked every year of 20 different things that happen. Yeah, and Tony, Tony was the one who offered up a trade scenario because he thinks they needed one. Now he's off that. I'm off it. Yeah, well, I still think that if, if I think for the long-term health of this organization, I think, honestly, I think they overpaid for Matt Stafford. I think that's what we've learned is oh, when, yeah. when, you, when you hemorrhage your future. What, but I say that. But here's the thing. But they, they, bought won a, a Super Bowl. they bought a Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 it was worth it. It was that, worth yep, it. And, and right that's there. fine. Just and that's just, everything out the window. Just you could have traded four first. The franchise and the fans... They would they would say take it. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree. Um, they bought a Super Bowl. Now they have to pay the price, and and I guess that's the root of the question is, do they dig out? No, sounds like no. Sounds like you stick with it, you figure it out, and you go. Not yet. And, and it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. It's right around the corner for them. Oh, it came fast for the Packers too, didn't it? Let's just move on. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> it was a harsh transition. Now I will say Christian Watson has come alive. Whew. Like, he is good. Like, offensive rookie of the year alive. Like, he can't be, right? Because it took him 15 weeks. Well, to God, it if out. he continues what he's doing, we got, you know, four or five weeks left. He could absolutely be. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Back now is, that blockers hurt, I mean, anything could happen. Go ahead. Take that. Go ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, the Packers, what do you do if you're the Packers? Like, you have Aaron Rodgers, who looks like he's not having fun. <laughs> Every time they show his, like, facial expressions on and off the field, he's, like, you know, flipping his chin straps down, and he's mad, and he's yelling at guys. And and then you have Jordan Love, who actually came into that game when Aaron Rodgers got hurt last week and actually looked pretty good. Um, so, and you spent a first-round pick on him. I know it was like the 24th pick or whatever, but you still spent a first round pick on the, on the backup. So what, what do you do if you're the Packers? I mean, do you move on from Aaron Rodgers at this point? I mean, the team is not good enough. The team is not even close. And I don't think Devonte Adams would have made that big of a difference on this team. If he was still there, maybe two more wins, but they would still pretty much be out of it. Two more wins puts them. Uh... I'm going to look at the schedule real quick, but because I, and I, you know, just rough two more wins puts them in a wild card spot. They're fighting for a wild card now. I think, See, Devo- so I think you're underestimating, you got five weeks left. I think you're underestimating, underestimating Devonte Adams, just like I did. I might be, just I might like be. I did. Um, yeah. with two He's more so wins, good. you know, they lost to the commanders by two points. They lost to the giants by five points. They lost to, um, let's find another one here. There are so many of these close games with the Packers and, yeah, I think Devontae yeah. Adams hurts them so much more than I expected that it would. You know, I honestly thought Aaron Rodgers made Devontae Adams. I said that. It's not the case. I was wrong. Uh, I don't know how many times. And, Is it the other way around? And Well, no. It's not, no. It's, it's not the other <laughs> way around. I'm just um, kidding. No, I think it's a fair question, and that's not what I was getting at. It wasn't, it wasn't a fair question. Um, well, I, I don't think it's an unreasonable question. I mean, he is late in his career. You know, maybe there was, if there was a, a drop-off in talent, you know, in the middle of the rise of Devontae Adams, maybe he was carrying Rodgers a little bit. Uh, but there I wasn't. I think that's a possibility. It, it, it's a fair question, but the answer is no. Devontae Adams did not make Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it was this year that we started seeing really bad throws from Aaron Rodgers. Before that, they were dimes. I mean, it really, he threw the ball to Devontae Adams a lot, but it didn't matter who he was throwing them to. They were good. And I think the passes been, look bad because the guys aren't in the right spots. The guy's a and, surgeon. And that's and kind he's of, dealing with a hand injury. So those are kind of the things that's that true. I'm thinking through in my head. I remember the first part of the year. Remember the first play? Um, Christian Watson busted loose. It was the first play of the Packers for the year. And he busted loose. He's in the end zone. And it was a catchable football. Do you remember it? Yep. After the game, or it was maybe the Pat McAfee show. I don't remember whether it was. It press was conference Pat McAfee show. But Aaron went yep. on to say that they had planned that play for like six weeks. Like, that's the first play. We're showcasing this guy. He's our stud. We got a new Devontae Adams. And Christian Watson wasn't there. So now that he's finally showing up. But he got hurt. Who, Aaron or Christian? No, Christian Watson. He got hurt. He was, he was out of multiple games. That's, That's right. why he hasn't showed up That's until right. now. That's right. He was not healthy. Well, he has shown up. And they've won two of the last four. Lost to the Titans. Lost to the Eagles. Now, the Eagles are very respectable. Titans. But Christian Watson scored eight touchdowns in that time. Eight touchdowns in four games. Okay. So... That's more than Aaron Rodgers. That's what? <laughs> He has two rushing touchdowns. Oh, I so I see. think that's more than Aaron Rodgers has I in the see. last four games. Eight touchdowns. I see. I see. Yeah. So Daniel, give me your take on the Packers. You're going to tell me they hold firm. You're going to tell me they sell Aaron Rodgers. Here's the deal. I don't think you're selling Aaron Rodgers. I think the man's probably retiring. If if something like that goes on, he's probably just going to call it. Like I'm not getting involved in this. I don't want any of the drama. Not going to another team. Not fucking with all that. Uh, the Packers are going to be a team, I'm going to call it right now, that are going to shock us this offseason. They're going to do something crazy. This is a winning franchise that is not used to using. <laughs> used to losing. Um, and they this season has been just atrocious. I mean, Aaron Rodgers would not be playing right now if they were out of it. Like, he, he even said himself, like, yeah, I don't care if Jordan Love plays. I just I want to know we can't make the playoffs. And so he's, like, expecting that to be soon. Like, that's that's what he said last week in the media. It's like, yeah, um, whatever, whatever, yeah. So he, nobody's having fun on that team. Offensively, defensively, this team needs 
not an overhaul, but kind of an overhaul. So I'm just telling you right now, they're going to shock us with, with some moves this year. I would be shocked if they stay stagnant. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm glad we have an Aaron Rodgers that's as transparent as he is in the media. And yeah. I think a lot of that's thanks to Pat McAfee show and AJ Hawk, because they get so much information. Like I want to say getting it out of them, but they just have a genuine conversation. He'll say stuff like we plan that play for six weeks. Nobody else is going to say that. Like, I don't know. I think it's a really cool thing. I think the Packers and Aaron Rodgers just need to sit down and have a, have a conversation. Like, bro, what do you want? Do you want to leave? I like, I think the fans would probably want that too. Like they want to know what they're walking into this, you know, are we retiring every off season and all that? Like, let's, let's figure out a path. And I think, you know, having a bad season like they are right now, I think the times, this is the time they need to figure that out. So like Daniel said, I, you know, a splash makes sense. I think they're at a crossroads here. They're, they either need to load up again with Aaron Rodgers or they need to move them and plan for the future, get some picks, try out Jordan love for a year. They need to do something. They're at a crossroads. And I, here's what I'll say. I went to Lambeau field game last year. Those fans aren't going to go anywhere. So if they're worried about that, um, they shouldn't. They should just do whatever's best for the franchise moving forward. You know, and that's a problem that we have. It's a very unique problem to the Green Bay Packers. <clears throat> they have no unified vision because they don't have an owner. You know about this, correct? Yeah. Okay, good. Um, there's nobody driving that car. There's a, there's a precedent. Like I, I don't mean to say that. There's a guy driving the car. But when you look at it, literally any other team in the NFL – there's a person with a vision who hires his people. And at the end of the day, when things start falling apart, I swear to God, 31 owners in the NFL would have sat down with Aaron Rodgers at some point and said, what the fuck's going on? What do you need? Like, what does it take to make you happy? And I'm not saying Tepper didn't do that. I'm not saying he didn't, but it, but it comes with a different weight when you're the owner than when you're some guy that's elected by a board, right? I mean, when you got it selected by the board, then you're beholden to the, to the, you know, all that other stuff. Uh, what you're trying to say is the Packers have a Jedi council and <laughs> the rest, all the other teams have an emperor. I suppose that's true. That's like, that's mm. exactly what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. all have a Mace Windu just shitting on the party, like a buzzkill, like, no, no. We can't draft a wide receiver in the first round because Aaron, Aaron will love that too much. Aaron would be happy. <laughs> no, I, I think there's something to be said there. I don't want to labor on too long about it. I think that's an element of this that nobody really talks about enough. But yeah, I mean, there's a guy making decisions, but he's not really the only guy making the decision. And, sure. and I'll just leave it at that. Uh, we will see. I, I agree. The, the Packers will not stay stagnant. They've been too good for too long. Um, matter of fact, I think they just became, was it the Packers that just became the most winningest division, the most winningest yep. team in football? Yeah, with yep. last week's win. Yeah, they've been too good for too long. They will figure it out. I don't know how they're going to figure it out, uh, but to see them at five and eight is sad. I think, it's, uh, I think it's due to the loss of Devontae Adams, yes. And I think that the rise of Christian Watson will more than make up for the loss of Devontae Adams. I'm telling you that that team's going to shock us this year. They're, I, I could just, I could feel it. They're normally a stagnant team this year. It's not another team that <laughs> shocked us. I wouldn't be surprised if they were stagnant again. <laughs> if they are, I'd be like, yep. Okay. Well, par for the course. Here we go. Boring. <laughs> another team that shocked us this year was the Denver Broncos. Let's make this the last one. We'll do the best bets. What the God. fuck? What the fuck are the Broncos going to do? We can make this one short. This is such a speculative episode. Like, what the Dude. fuck are they going to do? It was all laid out in front of them. Okay. The defense has played well. The defense has played well. Yeah. What the fuck are they going to do? They got to do the offense is so bad. They just, they've got to make a coaching change. They're, they're stuck with Russell Wilson. That's their guy. They, they've got to commit at least for a year or two more. Um, They've got to just make the coaching change. I think that's their, own, their only option. I don't know. Is he a, is he an offensive or defensive coach? Do you guys know? Nathaniel Hackett. He was the OC in Green Bay. Yeah. yeah. So 
that's that's not working. It's time to find somebody else. That's I, that's the only way I could see this. I mean, they've got the weapons. They're supposed to have a decent line, and they got Russell Wilson. This, I mean, their their offense might be worse than the Colts' offense, and the Colts Colts' offense is horrible. It's bad, really yeah. bad. Can you can you imagine this past week? And it seems like every single week, like if you're the rest of the teammates on the Broncos, primarily the defense and you hold a team to three points until like three minutes left in the fourth quarter and you lose a game. Dude, it's like just, it's happened every week. It seems demoralizing. Like. And they're still, Hey, they're still going out there and performing. I mean, credit kudos to them, man. Yeah. Unfortunately there needs to be a scapegoat for there to be any kind of change. We talked about this like a few weeks ago and it's going to be Hackett. He's going to not be able to hack it. <laughs> But, uh, that was yeah, funny. He, he's he's gonna be out, and uh, uh, Russell's. They're gonna have to have a hard conversation. Like, look, this is like we fired the coach, and we didn't even think it was necessary. But we need something to change, and it's gotta be right here, and it's gotta happen from you right now. Head to the and, Netherlands, buddy. Yeah, if it doesn't change, then he's just. Gosh, he could go down as one of like the biggest busts, like hor- one of the worst trades ever. Yeah. 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 He really bad. Could. Looking at the coaching staff for the Broncos, uh, it's kind of a very dark, dark story. Really dark story. Um, John Fox was head coach from 2011 to 2014. Those three years, excuse me, <clears throat> are the longest term since 2011, by the way. Uh, Kubiak, a year. Uh, Vance Joseph. Kubiak was where it was at. Vance he Joseph, had some health issues. A year. Vic Fangio. He made it two years. And Horrible. Yeah, Vic back. is bad. I mean. Who's not going to make it two years? Yeah. Uh, it's bad. I don't know. Um, I think you guys are right. There's clearly a head coach problem here. Lou Saban, by the way. 1967 to 1971. Lou Saban. Is that, re- is that relative? No? It has to, has to be. Has to be. A Saban, a Saban that's a coach. A Saban in football, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, since since Peyton, they've been on the quarterback hunt. And they thought they finally found one and everything and just crumbled. I think we figured this one out pretty quick, actually. So we're all in agreement, I think, that if the Broncos find a head coach who just doesn't have his head up his ass, they're gonna be in okay shape. It should be. I mean, I, I don't know that. That's Russell. It's it's all up to Russell. Russell could be a turd. Yeah, he could he could actually suck, and we all thought he was good this whole time. Hey, and that's a possibility because Geno Smith has played so well this year under Pete Carroll. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe Pete Carroll's just that good of a coach. And you got to remember, Russell Wilson was a third round pick, right? Yep. He was he wasn't a, you know he wasn't a stud coming out of college, so you know maybe he's just good at getting you know the best out of his guys. Especially at the quarterback position. Um, a couple of things. You're right. Everything you said is correct. Also, Lou Saban may have been the second cousin to Nick Saban, but they are not directly related. That's okay. All. Anyway, if you had to bet, <laughs> whether it was, if it was Russell Wilson or Nathaniel Hackett, who would you bet was the problem? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Russell Wilson. Best bets of the week. Welcome back to Best Bets of the Week. This is a segment where Daniel and I square off every week. We each pick four games. I pick the spreads. Daniel picks the over-unders. We keep track throughout the whole season. And at the end of the season, the loser takes shots on the podcast before the Super Bowl. That's a lot of fun. Uh, What are the records right now, Daniel? I went 2-2 and last week. I have been on a heater. Continued it last week. Uh, My record is 36-16. and Jesus. And Corey, your record is 26, 25, and 1. I, I talked to them before the show, and that Harrison Butker field goal that he missed in that Chiefs-Bengals game, if he would not have missed that, I would have had another 4-0 and week. I have had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 weeks in a row that I have been at least 3-1. and one. Crazy. 
Yeah, you're super hot. Uh, anybody that's listening, definitely write down Daniel's picks. Take note. Um, as of right now, there you you pretty much can't miss. He's been like three and one or four and zero oh over the last I feel like seven or eight weeks. It's been unreal. After we both started probably five hundred for the first eight weeks. So yeah, it was not good at the start. <laughs> <sighs> All right, my first game of the week, I've got uh, – it's Jacksonville at Tennessee. Tennessee coming off a loss uh, to the Eagles last week. We didn't even talk about that. Uh, Tennessee just fired their GM in the offseason. Tennessee's GM traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles for a first-round pick, and A.J. Brown proceeded to shit all over the Titans this weekend. (laughs) We knew that was and good. two days later, the Titans got rid of their GM. Absolutely fantastic. I love it. <laughs> um, I've got Jacksonville plus three and a half at Tennessee. It's a division game. Tennessee's kind of wishy-washy. Like, I think overall they're a really good football team, uh, but they, they just don't have that extra gear in them to really, you know, be dominant and take over football games. And Jacksonville's a really wishy-washy team, too. They're either pretty good or they're really bad. Uh, but an in-division game, I think it's going to be competitive. I was looking at some of the numbers on this game. Uh, 71% of the money is on the Jags. 62% of the public is on the Titans. And the, the line has moved from Titans minus 6.5 to minus 3.5. So I feel like Vegas might be trying to bait some of the, more of the public to keep betting on uh, the Titans. And I, I just kind of like those numbers there. Give me the Jags plus 3.5 at Tennessee. Yeah, I think this is going to be a close game, but I also think it's going to be a game that is surprisingly higher scoring than what Vegas thinks. Um, I also have that in my bets. It's 41 and a half, and I'm going to take the over. Uh, The Titans have been easier to pass on. Um, So, I mean, that's all that Jacksonville does well. I mean, ETN, he can rush the ball, but he does a lot of his damage in the receiving game. Um, so I think Trevor Lawrence is actually going to have a better game than what people think. And even though this is at Tennessee and Tennessee has a traditionally good defense um, and then the Titans, hopefully Traylon Burks is back, I, you know, with a concussion last week in the end zone. I don't know if you saw that Corey got laid out and like got knocked unconscious, but still scored the touchdown. <laughs> um, but Jacksonville has been a horrible rush D and if you're playing the Titans and you've got a bad rushing defense, look out. Um, so I'm taking over 41 and a half here on this one division matchup. Uh, my second game of the week is a super interesting one. Minnesota, Detroit. If, uh, if you haven't been paying attention, Detroit is the favorite. They're minus two and a half against the here. I was about to look up the Vikings record because they've got like no this way. Yes, the Lions are two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Vikings here. Let me pull No that. way. Yeah, on DraftKings Vi- also. Vikings 10-2, and two and what am I doing here? Uh, the Lions are sitting at 5-7, and seven, but have, they have been on a heater themselves. They're 4-1 and one, uh, in their last five. They beat Green Bay, Chicago, the Giants, uh, lost to Buffalo in a close one, and blew out the Jags last week. Uh, super interesting game here. Uh, let me look at the numbers real quick because I feel like this was another one I looked at the numbers on. I cannot believe the Lions are favored in this game. 95% of the money is on the Lions minus two. Oh, my gosh. 54% wow. of the public is on the Vikings plus two and a half. I might change my direction here. Um... Give me the Vikings plus two and a half. I originally had Detroit minus two and a half uh, written down here, but I'm going to go Vikings plus two and a half. Vikings are they're a good football team. Let's we'll just get that straight right now. And they win a lot of close games. So, man, it feels is it dirty a night now. game? Is it a night game? I feel, no, it's a one o'clocker. Okay, fuck. Yeah, yeah. Give me Kirk Cousins one o'clock window. Uh, no, I mean, but on paper it seems like the easiest uh, pick of the week. You know what? Take me back. I'm going Detroit minus two and a half. Oh, my God. Detroit minus two and a half. Wow. I'm going I'm going back with my gut. That's why I originally had Detroit minus two and a half. Uh, yeah, it just feels too dirty. But, God damn, 95% of the money, that's scary. But the Vikings are due to lose. 
Vikings are due to lose. In division game, Lions minus two and a half. That's my pick. Well, for the second game in a row, we have the same game. The over-under is 52 and a half. And I love high over-unders that only have a three or less spread. Um, so I'm taking the over all day on this game. I absolutely love it. The Vikings defense has been the problem for the Vikings in these games. Um, and like you said, Detroit's been hot. DeAndre Swift finally is back. He's healthy again. He got like 80% of the work in the backfield finally again. And they're just a better team when DeAndre Swift does that. No offense against Jamal Williams, but like Jamal Williams versus DeAndre Swift, it's not even close to me talent-wise. But the Vikings can also put up great firepower on offense. And against the Lions, both these teams are going to torch each other. I picked the Vikings and the Jets last week to hit the over in their game. It easily hit. Uh, so give me the over on 52 and a half, the highest over under the week Vikings at lions. I actually love this game. Uh, pick all your fantasy players. You can in this game. They're all going to be active. Love it. Uh, third game of the week, the New York football jets travel to Buffalo. Mike white. Oh, we got to love Mike white, right? Oh yeah. End uh, division game again. I just I just realized every game I pick this week is an end division game. Scary. And actually, just kind of looking at the schedule, that might be a real common thing across the league. I do see Bucks versus Niners. Uh, but anyways, there's a lot this week. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of this is a big week. There's a lot of important games this week. What you know, they may not look important in front of you, but they're important games. Uh, I've got Buffalo covering nine and a half at home against the Jets. I think the defense is probably going to eat Mike White alive. I know, I know the Jets fans love Mike White, but it's not happening this week. Uh, Bills minus nine and a half at home against the Jets. Like it. Uh, minus Thursday night Raiders at Rams. We just talked about the Rams being in trouble. Um, and the Raiders, their strong suit is, you know, rushing with Josh Jacobs, who is hurt. Um, so they have two they have two weapons on offense, the Raiders do. Uh, Devontae Adams, who will be shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, and Josh Jacobs, who will basically be shadowed by Aaron Donald and company. Um, and then the Rams can't move the ball at all. And the Raiders are going to absolutely dismantle this offensive line. The Raiders can rush the football. And whoever plays quarterback for the for the Rams this week, I think it's John Wolford, uh, look out for your life because they're going to have like six or seven sacks and control this game in the trenches. This game is already sitting at 43 and a half, and I'm taking the under. I think we're going to have, shocker, another ugly Thursday night game. Give me the under on Raiders at Rams. Uh, 76% of the money is on the over. 72% of the public is on the over. Love it. Love it. Fired up. Mr. Smiles, thanks for stopping by. Uh, final game of the week is Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Before the podcast, I inquired with Daniel on his opinion on this game. Pittsburgh, I feel like they've won a couple in a row. Let's take a look here real quick. They beat the Colts on Monday Night Football, and who did they play last week? Anybody know off the top of their head? I'm about to pull it up. Sorry, you probably beat me. It's escaping yeah. me. Atlanta. Atlanta. So, two wins over subpar teams. They've lost to uh, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Miami. We know, we All know good who the, teams. Yeah, we know who the Pittsburgh Steelers are. I think even without Lamar Jackson, that the Ravens are a much better football team. Uh, we've seen Huntley be productive. Uh, it was the last year he played a few games for mm-hmm. Baltimore. Yep. That really the loss of Lamar Jackson here doesn't <clears throat> scare me too much. And I basically what I'm saying is I think Baltimore's a better team. They're getting two and a half points. I'll just give me that all day. I understand the quarterback situation, but uh, Pittsburgh's due to lose here again. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to change my pick mid episode here because I had a different game on here. But I, I liked this this game. So Baltimore at Pittsburgh. Division game, I understand it. Both offenses, subpar. But the over-under is sitting at 36 and a half. 
I have not seen a game that low in quite some time. And although it could still easily hit the under, I think both sides have enough firepower to hit the over. Um, so I'm going to take the over. And I actually already had placed a bet with a different matchup in there. But for my best bets here, I'm going to take, I'm going to go with my gut. Ravens at Steelers over 36 and a half. I think wow. that's the right move. Yeah. Do you want to know my other game? Sure. It was Dallas and Houston. And I was actually going to take the over on Dallas and Houston because I think that just as, uh, as bad as Houston is, they could maybe hang seven to 10 points and then Dallas would account for the rest. <laughs> that's yeah. What was, sorry. What was the over under on that one? 45 and a half. And I yeah, think that, Dallas might put that up themselves. As well. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas just put up 55 against the Colts. Granted they, it was on some fluky stuff in the fourth quarter, but 30 and they put what, up 30. like 40 something and the night there the week before. And then another almost 40. Then I mean, Dallas is on fire right now. I hate, I know you hate to hear it, Corey, but they're, they're going to be, they're going to be in it late. I, I just have a feeling they're going to be in it late in the season. They might even be in the NFC championship game, maybe a super bowl, maybe even win the super bowl. I'll shut the f- <laughs> somewhere. You skip, know somewhere, somewhere in the world, uh, is it skip Bayless. He's probably jacking off right now. He just yeah. heard, he just heard <laughs> what you, what came out of your mind. <laughs> I think correct me if I'm wrong I saw on ESPN they're like they're definitely the favorites to come out of the NFC right now to like be in really? a Super Bowl yes oh wow that's not surprising really it's not surprising yeah. it was I, that, I mean, guys uh, just sorry I can just feel it in my bones I brought it up last week the Bucks are going back to the Super Bowl boys I know it doesn't feel like it right now oh this year they're going back this year, boys. Oh, I know nice. the record sucks. The team sucks, but they're going to be in the playoffs and they have Tom Brady. The Bucks are going back to the Super Bowl. Woo. Yeah, I, I'm not counting them out. I mean, Jesus scored 14 points in the last five minutes, won the game first time ever. I think that Tom Brady's had a comeback like that in five minutes. Um, he won't forget that, and I think that we'll see. We'll see. You're not crazy, Corey. You see the post-game press conference? No, I didn't. He walked up to the podium before he took any questions. He's like, yeah, just how we drew it up. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) Well, uh, last week I took three teams, I said. Is that right? Three of your picks? And parlayed them together. I put $25 on it. And I ended up cashing out. I'm glad I did it, too. Uh, One of the legs that I had would not have won. Uh, I think it was mine. I don't remember which one it was, but I saw it coming, and I didn't pull the trigger fast enough. That's something I guess I, sh- I want to say is when you do these parlays, I love the way we do this because it kind of spreads the games out over the weekend. So assuming you get lucky, right, because that's all this is is luck, and you hit that Thursday night game. I like having a Thursday night game in there because DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever it is that you're betting, they start to worry a little bit halfway through that second leg of the parlay. And they give you a really attractive cash-out option. And that's exactly what happened. I had won my Thursday night leg. I had two, one or four o'clock. I don't, remember, I don't have the bet in front of me, but I had two active legs that looked like they could win. And DraftKings gave me an attractive buyout. So I said, fuck it, I'm doing it. I'm, I, I more than doubled my money. And that's a win. You know, anytime that you can take more money out than you put in, as far as I'm concerned, that's a huge victory. I'm not real interested in these home run hits. It just doesn't happen. These grand slams, right? Pay $100 to win 14000 Like, it has happened. I'm not interested in playing that game because I will $100 myself right into fucking bankruptcy. That's just how it works. Uh, so I'm more interested in the percentages. If I can double my money, fuck it. Cut ties, I'll take the money, right? This week, Absolutely. This week I screwed up and I accidentally did four legs on the parlay. I think I did that because I took three of Daniels. I took over Jags, Tennessee Titans at over 41 and a half. Yeah. Vikings, Lions, 52 and a half. I took the over there. Uh-huh. Love the, it. Rams, Raiders, you got me passionate about that, motherfucker. That's under 43. <laughs> That's mm. under 20. I should have bought that down to under 20. Yeah, this game <laughs> is going to be like, I, I'm not kidding, like 16 to 10, just nasty, nasty game. Well, I'm glad <laughs> I didn't bet over 
under 20 then because I would have lost that bet. But anyway. Very well hit under 20. The Raven, the Ravens and uh, Broncos that I told everybody to smash the under on that I was really passionate about hit under 20. Wow. <laughs> the fourth leg was uh, Ravens-Steelers with the Ravens getting two and a half points. I feel like that's pretty easy. Uh, four legs. Odds were plus $12.89. $20 pays two seventy seven. Hopefully I'll get to cash that one out too. Mm. What, 20 bucks pays 277? Yes, sir. Hot biscuits. Mm-hmm. Hey, one of my favorite pastimes, we've got a casino fairly close to where we're at. Um, go down there. I'll bring 50 bucks, 100 bucks into the casino, play some blackjack, get up like 50 bucks. And I'll usually go with like my family or whatever, and they're going to be hitting the slots or whatever, but I'll go up 50 bucks in like the first 15 minutes of me being there. And I'll go sit in the sports book the rest of the time. I'll just take my 50 bucks. I won casino lost. I'll go watch uh, sports in the sports book the rest of the time and not bet any more money. So yeah, absolutely. If you got some profit and if you take it, you won. I thought you were going to say, and then drop that all in the sports book so that you come out even. Nope. Just if watch sports. <laughs> I love it. Anybody have anything else? No, take all Daniel's bets. Tony, take my bet out of the parlay. You'll be good. Uh, once you once you bet it, you can't take it out, unfortunately. Oh, I'm gonna put, it. Good. Hey, hey, I'm going to put a five-legger together with my four and then my auxiliary uh, pick in there. You bet you. I'm, I'm going to see if I can go five. I'm going to put a six-legger together with your five and my auxiliary bet in there. I'm going to put a seven-legger. With all the bets together. You've been listening to Huddle Up, a football podcast. Subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us at Huddle Up NFL and at Commissioner Mister on Twitter to keep up on the latest from the NFL and stay in the huddle. Huddle Up. Team on three. One, two, three. Well, I'm going to put a... I'm going to put a 22-legger together. Are you guys interested? You know, your parlay reminds me a lot of a spider. Too many legs.